0: Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message.
1: Kansas City. We love you so, so much, honey. Can you believe we get to be with this amazing church today? Can
0: I just tell you how much we love your pastors? We love Give them. It up for your pastors. Yes. They are more amazing than you even realize. Mm-hmm. We love them so much. They love you. They believe in you. They pray for you. They sacrifice for you. They stay up late. Ours, because they are trusting God for a mighty move, but it doesn't come without a price. And we're so thankful that they're willing to pay the price.
1: Honestly, uh, Kyle and Liz, we love you tremendously. And everyone who's a part of the Hillsong family, you're sitting there at home or in a park or wherever you might be right now. And you're like, I'm glad I'm a part of this church, but I need you to know you need to be even happier gladder, more enthusiastic about the place that God has you planted because you have two of the best leaders on the planet. Uh, they encourage our hearts so much, and they are not just pastoring you guys, but they are lit- literally leading people, uh, not only in your region, but all around the That's world. right. People are looking to your church. I'm thinking about last year, too, when I got to hang out with Pastor Kyle. He and I went on a trip, uh, maybe it was two years ago, to the Hillsong Conference. I had one of the funniest moments we've ever had in our entire life. A guy walked out of the bathroom, looked like he had... Gone to the bathroom all over himself and was walking around like there was no problem at all. And Kyle and I saw him and looked at each other and just began to bawl, laugh. I mean, we laughed for, I don't know, we're still laughing two years later. Uh, But he has so much joy, so much vision. Liz, you're so full of faith. You're such a woman of God.
0: Okay, so our church started a women's conference about eight or nine years ago. And Liz was one of the first pastors to say, I believe in what is happening at your church, bought her own self a ticket flew out just to sit on the front row and to cheer for me and to say, you go, girl, I believe yep. in you. Mm-hmm. So you have some of the very best, y'all.
1: They are friends of ours. They're leaders of leaders. We love them a ton. We love their kids, and we love all of you. And today is going to be an amazing day. So Nika got me this home gym, right? And I want to say thank you very much for it, uh, this home gym. And by home gym, uh, it is, it's is—it's rather it's in the garage, all right It's, it's in the garage. garage. We, it's
0: not fancy. We got it off a of Facebook market. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. Home gym sounds fancy. It's not fancy. Now,
1: it's basically. But it a, gets the
0: job done. Look at, Look at those biceps. Look at those biceps. You can't
1: see him through this sweatshirt. I can see them. <laughs> so, so she got me this home gym, and I, I'm I'm thankful for it. You know, we're all in this quarantine or coming out of shelter in place, and you know all the different seasons and different places that we are in. But, but I, I'm thankful that I got this gym. Now, my kids. They're loving to be a part of this gym as it's a well. Family
0: affair. It's a family affair.
1: It, it's pandemonium. I'm thankful for uh, a guy uh, named Brian Shotwell, who is amazing and wonderful, gave me some weights. I'm not yep. sure if he, did he give me those? Do I have to give no, them back? No, we're
0: borrowing them. Okay. See, our gym is fancy. That's we got right. borrowed so equipment.
1: What you know? Got all this stuff in there. And uh, it's hot in the garage, as you can imagine. So we've got some kind of makeshift AC unit thing that we put in there that's blowing out cold air. I think there's some gerbils maybe on the inside of it, trying to make this thing work but but we have my 15 year old our 15 year old parker who's fantastic and he's been working out with me and I, i'm loving it we also have our nine-year-old grayson and he's been trying to come out there and work out and not to mention our five-year-old l who is trying to get out there and just run around and work out too but but parker is a lot stronger than i could ever imagine as is grayson now parker's 15 and he's pushing up some significant weight but grayson
0: He's strong.
1: He might be the strongest person in our entire family. Uh, The other day, he did some shoulder presses, and I'm still trying to figure out how he got that weight up that many times. But he reached a point where he could not push it up anymore, and I was there to help him push it up another rep. Same thing has happened with Parker. Parker. Truth be told, same thing has happened to me, that you get to a point where where you just don't have another rep in you and you need someone else to be that spotter, to help carry that weight with you. We wanted to talk to all of yes. us today and remind you That you're stronger than you think you are. That's the title of today's message. You're stronger than you think you are. But you also need to recognize that you have a spotter that is by your side, and he's watching over you, and he's giving you the strength that you need to take another rep. I don't know about you, but we have been in a season where we feel like I've pushed as much as I can push. Maybe sometimes I feel like I've prayed as much as I can pray. But I want to say, God, thank you that you're my spotter. Thank you that I've got another rep because you give me the grace to take the first reps and you're gonna give me the grace and strength to take the next reps I have as well. If you have your Bible, turn with us to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. It's a beautiful passage of scripture. And uh, you know what, let me just read it from this piece of paper here. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses one through three. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the, the Negev and, the, and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive, listen to this, they had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. I've been walking through the book of 1 Samuel just in my own kind of personal devotional time, and for no other reason than I just felt like I hadn't read it for a really, really long time, and been walking through it, and it's been encouraging my heart. Now I'm on chapter 30, and I I got here not too long ago, and this passage of Scripture really, really encouraged my heart. We pray that it's encouragement to you today. David has traveled back with his 600 men, they're walking about 25 miles a day. Uh, again, they got here on the third day, and they show up to their hometown. They show up to their, their city. They show up to the place where they live. They show up to the place where they're supposed to be able to relax and kick up their feet. They show up to the spot where they think they're going to get to uh, replenish and, and get refined and get built back up, but they get back home, and they discover that everything's torn down. They discover in this moment that their whole house has been burned to the ground, that their wives and their children have been taken captive, and things are not the way they're supposed to be. They're hoping for a homecoming. They're hoping for people to have food ready for them, and they're hoping that individuals are ready to applaud them and clap for them, but they get no such welcome. Instead, they, they show up, and there's pain, and there's misery, and there's difficulty, and there's heartache. As a matter of fact, Honey, you want to start in verse number four? What do we see here?
0: Definitely. It says, it. so David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Have you ever gotten to that place in your life where you've cried so much, you don't even have any more tears that can possibly come out? I feel like even our world right now is crying tears, weeping out loud together. The scriptures paint a perfect picture of pain, of sorrow, of depth, of grief. The Bible is so relatable even right now in this very hour. The Bible has story after story to express emotion, to express pain, to express the weight that many of us feel. And right there in verse four, it says, David and his men wept aloud. What are you crying for right now? What are you trusting God for right now? What are you frustrated about right now? What do you feel like is aching your heart? But I just want you to know, whatever that is, you fill in the blank. God knows, God sees, and God hears. And so as you cry, please know that his angels are not turning their back. They have not stopped fighting for you. Mm -hmm. They have not stopped delivering things on your behalf. Their angels are not turning their backs on you. Mm -hmm. They see you. They are with you even as you cry aloud. And that's the place that David and his men were. And that's where many of us find ourselves today. But we have some hope for you.
1: Yes, we do. Verse number six says these words. David was greatly distressed. Not a little bit distressed, but greatly distressed. And don't worry, this is all gonna get better in just a little while, okay? Some of you are like, Man, I came to church today to smile and I'm I'm already crying. Trust me, you got some strength to take another rep because you got the spotter of all spotters and the Holy Spirit and the power of God right there by your side. David was greatly distressed because of the men, because the men were talking of stoning him. Now the ones that he's been running with, the ones he's been walking with, the ones he's been spending time with, these are the ones that are wanting to turn their backs on him. These are the ones that they're in their own pain. They're about to turn their pain and their anguish on David. They're about to take some stones and kill him. So here it is. David is now feeling utterly alone, feeling like he's on an island all by himself. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters here is where everything changes but david found strength in the lord his god but david found strength in the lord his god but david found strength in the lord his God. Can we talk to you today? Can we remind ourselves today that there's a place where you need to find strength and you and I find strength in the Lord our God. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you to insert your name into that place where David's name is. But Earl found strength in the Lord his God. But Liz found strength in the Lord her God. But Kyle found strength in the Lord his God. But Onika found strength in In the Lord, her, God, put your name in there put your story in there. Have you felt like things have been going a little bit crazy? Have you felt a little bit overwhelmed? Are you wondering about what's going to happen with your job? Are you wondering what's going to happen with our world? Are you wondering what's going to happen in Africa or in America or in Guatemala or in Canada or in some other part of the world? Are you wondering what's going on? I just want you to know if everybody is ready to throw stones at you, if everyone is ready to turn their back on you, if everyone has been weeping all around you, if you've been wiping tears at night, you need to know there is a God that has not turned his back on you and like David did in verse number six you and I can do today and what we can do with today is we can find our strength in the Lord our God
0: where are you finding your strength right now where are you putting your trust right now where are you putting your hope is your strength found in how many followers you have Is your strength found in how many Netflix series you can watch? And there's nothing wrong with Netflix. There's nothing wrong with wanting lots of followers. But where is your strength found? What are you leaning on and relying on in this season? Our world, of course, is going through so much weight, distress, stress, you name it. And many of us have go-tos when pressure gets heavy. Are you going to pornography? Are you going to texting that person you know you shouldn't be texting? Are you sliding into the DMs that you shouldn't be sliding into? Where are you putting your strength? We're here to tell you, yes, we've cried tears. Yes, we feel pain. Yes, we've experienced hurt. Yes, we've experienced loss. But we decided a long time ago, no matter what comes our way, our strength is going to go in the Lord. Our hope is going to go into the Lord. Our peace is found in him. We have outlets. We all do. We have things that just help us say, "Woo." What a relief. But at the end of the day, are we creating and fashioning the idols out of this things of the world? Are we looking to the one that our help comes from? And our help comes from Jesus Christ. He is who we call on in this time of need. I encourage you right now, if you're finding yourself feeling like she's talking to me, I've been putting pressure on my kids. I've been putting pressure on my husband. I'm putting pressure on social media and different images to fulfill that void that I feel right now. We're believing that by the spirit of the living God that something is going to wake up on the inside of you, a desperation, a cry for help, and that that cry is going to say, not on the things of this world, but I'm putting my hope, I'm putting my stress, I'm putting the weight of the things that would try to hold me back, I'm putting them on the cross, because God with you, I know that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength.
1: Wow, amen, amen. What does it look like to find your strength in the Lord? What does it look like? Maybe your heart's already encouraged. I know what my heart is here and what my wife was just sharing. Um, There's nobody like her as far as I'm concerned. And honey, your hair looks amazing too. Love you. So you have here David finding his strength in the Lord. Now we're not told all that he does here. We you can read a little bit later. I encourage you uh, jump in a connect group or small group, get around some other folks, whether virtually or what what have you, and and get with some other people and, and walk through the scriptures and and f- feel with each other and talk with each other about what this this uh, message is saying to your heart. But but right now, as we're looking at this passage of scripture, what what does it mean? What does it look like to find? your strength in the Lord. We got a couple of things we want to share with you and pray that they are encouragements to your heart. Number one, I want to say this, turn off the noise and turn on your praise. Turn off the noise and turn on the praise. I, I wish I had my phone up here with me. I, I don't right now. But if I showed you my iPhone Seven, uh, you would see. No, I, I don't have a Seven. I think I, I don't know. I think it's a Ten. I don't know. It's Ten X. Does that even matter? And I think there's iPhone Seventeens out there now. I, I'm not. I'm not up with the newest iPhone. But if I had it right now, if I had my phone, if I had my Samsung Galaxy, <laughs> who has a Samsung Galaxy? I don't know. But anyone who does, I want to say I'm proud of you because Samsung woo, it's on the up. So wh- here you are. You, you have your phone and you and I can get every single thing or we think we can get every single thing we need from our phone. You can get news from your phone. You can get affirmation from your phone. Uh, you can get encouragement from your phone. You, you can look at the Bible on your phone, but you also can look at CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and NPR on your phone. You can also look at Instagram and TikTok on your phone. You can go to Facebook on your phone. I can go down the line of all the different things that you and I can get from our phone. You got apps on our phone that can distract us. We got so many different things that are right there on our phone. And I'm asking you, I'm in, imploring you that there's got to be some time where you're willing to silence some of the noise that is coming from our phone or coming from our laptops or coming from our iPads or coming from our neighbors or coming from even sometimes from our family members. And you got to be willing to shut that noise off for a second and say, God, I want to meet with you face to face. I want my heart to be so impacted by your presence that nothing in this world is able to shake me and knock me off course. Nothing is able to get me distracted. Nothing is able to take me off of the destiny that you have for me, that my eyes are so fixed on you, Jesus, that I'm going to allow my mouth and my body to declare your praise and your glory and your goodness no matter what I'm facing. But you and I can get a little ding or get a little notification here and there. We find ourselves turning to this thing and turning to that thing, but I'm praying that we would be a people that would not just turn to the distractions of our world, but we'd be a people that would silence the noise and we'd open up our mouth and we praise the living God. I've seen my wife do this and honestly y'all, she goes gangster on this one. I've seen her at night in the midst of everything that's going on. you, You know, I mean people are losing their jobs and you got racial talks and tension all around, not just the world but the globe. You got pandemic that's happening all around the world. We got politicians at each other. There's so much chaos going on all around us and I admire my wife that I see her almost every night go into our bedroom. She literally locks the door. Do you know what it's like for me to try to go into the bedroom, to have to go to the bathroom and I can't even get into my own bedroom because she has locked the door and all I hear is worship music blaring from our bedroom and I can hear her walking the floor praying, crying out to God. I can almost feel her with her hands lifted in the air. I can almost see her with her knees on the ground saying, God I am desperate for you. Turn off the noise, and turn on your praise. Acts.
0: Yes, Acts 16, verses 24 through 26. Paul and Silas were under persecution for doing the right thing, and we join them here, and it says, when he received this order, he put them, so Paul and Silas were put in the inner cell, like not the regular cell, not the one when you could see out the window, see everything that's going on, the inner cell, and fasten their feet in stocks, so they were in chains. In chains, misunderstood, persecuted, wronged for doing the right thing. Verse 25, about midnight. Everybody say about midnight.
1: About midnight.
0: Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. After being in chains, after being misunderstood, after being hurt, they decided to put their hope and their trust in God. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. People are listening to you praise right now. Mm -hmm. Even in the midst of your pain, people are hungry to hear you worship. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, Mm. and at once all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. Is that not good news? What if right now our world was waiting for our praise what if right now our world was waiting for us even though we are frustrated Mm -hmm. even though we feel hurt even though we feel rejected Mm -hmm. even though we are grieving even though there's loss even still what if our world was waiting for us to praise Mm -hmm. praise when we're misunderstood praise when it doesn't make sense praise when we're sick Praise when we're healthy. Praise when we have money. Praise when we don't have money. Praise when our kids are behaving. Praise when our kids aren't behaving. Praise when we get everything we want. Praise when life is not going the way we want. Yes, I pray most nights, but I don't pray because my life is perfect. I don't pray because I have it all together. I don't pray every day because I feel strong. I pray because I feel weak. I pray because I'm desperate. I pray because I'm confused. I pray because I have doubts. I pray because I have fears. I pray because I'm pleading the blood of Jesus Christ over our family and over your families. And I'm calling on heaven saying, God, we are desperate for you. We cannot do this without you. So I think sometimes we mistake praise for only the victory. But you can pray and praise God when you feel defeated.
1: Mm -hmm. That is so, so good. Are you willing to do it? Are you willing to, like Paul and Silas, in the middle of things going crazy, not just talk about how crazy things are? Because that's the easy thing to do. The easy thing is to talk about what is, but are you and I willing to talk about what could be? Are we willing to talk about how good God is? Are we willing to talk about the faithfulness and and the power of God? And I'm not talking about ignoring the situations that we are in, friends. Some of us have loved ones and family members right now that are in the hospital. They have individuals that we, we have individuals that we care about, individuals that we love that are facing COVID or cancer or diabetes or are wondering if this baby is going to be all that God is calling this baby to be. Some of us are wondering, am I going to be able to hold that loved one again? Some of us are wondering, am I going to be able to have that wedding I always dreamed of? There are some people that are wondering about some really significant things. There are some people that are wondering what's going on in Syria and what's happening in the Middle East. But I'm letting you know that God has not fallen fallen off of his throne that he is still in charge and while you and I might feel like we're in the inner cell and we've got chains all around us we have a God that's saying I'm just waiting on my people to praise I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for a sound to come. Not when everything is safe and everything is secure. I'm waiting for a sound to come from the earth that is desperate for my power, that is desperate for my glory, that is desperate for my goodness, that is desperate to see the, my mighty hand move, through, move throughout the earth. I'm telling you, God is waiting for his people to praise and you and I are just being so preoccupied by so many of the things that can feel very temporal. And yes, they're important. And yes, they matter. And what matters to you, without a doubt, it matters to God. And if you're crying about it, I want you to know that God cares about it. Yes, all of that is true. And David, through tears, and David, through almost being stoned, and Paul and Silas in chains, they still were willing to say, I, my situation has not changed, but I'm going to to find my strength in the Lord. This is for me, and this is for you. I'm thinking about, you know, my wife and I, we've had some tough times uh, in our life, uh, for sure. You ever ever have some times where um, you're not sure how you're gonna be able to pay all of your bills? Now, if, if you've never had this time, then... Man, God bless you. But, man, we've had some times. We've been there. <laughs> we had some times where we're like, God. Do you see me? Yes. Do
0: you know my name? Do you know where I live? Have you forgotten about Have me? Have you
1: forgotten? There's some bad theology up, out there that's like, if something bad is going on in your life, that means there must be some sin in your life. It's like, ooh, you're sick because of sin. And that's such a lie that has tormented and messed with so many people. You don't need to have sin in your life to have sickness. If, if you have to do something wrong in order for something bad to happen to you, then please explain Jesus. Jesus lived perfect, and he got something wrong, something bad that happened to him. It's called the cross. So obviously that, thro- that debunks that theology, throws it right out the window. As a matter of fact, you and I can be doing the most right we've ever done. Still. Still. Be faced with the most wrong we've ever experienced. Man, we've been there. We've had to hold each other and encourage each other. And sometimes I'm down and Onika's speaking life into me. And sometimes she's down and I'm speaking life into her. And sometimes we're both down, so we just eat a bunch of ice cream. And cookies. <laughs> and cookies.
0: True. True story.
1: And open up the Bible and try to find a good sermon. Are you're, you're just doing to call a friend. We've all been there. We have to remember, all of us, we find our strength in the Lord, our God. So that's first and foremost, you and I got to turn off the noise and turn on our praise. Okay, second, second, and we're not going to be here forever. We're not going to be here forever. Here's point number two. Don't reason your way out of Repentance. Don't reason your way out of repentance. Now, this word repentance, some of y'all like, wait, what are you talking about? Uh, that's a mean word, isn't it? No, it's not a mean word, that's a good word. Repentance is a good word. Let me go ahead and let me go ahead and redeem the meaning of repentance. Repentance is I'm I'm going one way, and I gotta go. No, I'm not I'm not going that way anymore. I'm going the opposite direction. Repent it, it means to turn. But but my friends, please understand. That when you and I are needing to find our strength in the Lord, our God, it is very, very possible that God is looking at you saying, son, daughter, have you been going a direction I do not want you to go? Do you have some thinking I do not want you to have? Do you have some language I don't want to be a part of your life? Do you have some patterns that I, that I know are inhibiting you from becoming who I've called you to be? Are you doing some things constantly, whether uh, explicitly or even implicitly, that are, that are taking the life and are taking the purpose and, and derailing you from what I have for you to do? Now, now, you and I's behavior is not the thing that dictates our salvation. That comes from Jesus Christ, okay? You, once you give your heart to Jesus, you're, it's done. Boom. Signed. Sealed. Delivered. I'm yours. Just like Stevie Wonder said, so it is with Jesus. He is saying that over you. Once you surrender your life to him, you are made new on the inside. That's called salvation. That's called justification. But there is something also called sanctification and that's the process of you and I becoming who God has called us to be. Us being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ and what repentance is is you and I acknowledging God you have a picture for me and you're calling me to look like Jesus but right now I'm not talking like Jesus I'm not walking like Jesus I'm not sounding like Jesus so what I want to say is would you empower me by your spirit to get off of my own track and to get on your track but I find too many Christians reasoning their way out of repentance well God knows my heart Well, well it's not that bad well look at that person's sin my sin's not as bad as their sin In order for God to do in you and do through you all that he wants to do in you and through you, he wants you and I to allow our whole selves to be molded and fashioned and formed by his hand. And there's correction and there's cutting and there's even cuddles. (laughs) I've got, I'm alliterating all over the place here. (laughs) There's all of this together where God is trying to draw us closer so we can look even more like Jesus.
0: And something I want to tag off of that is I think sometimes we don't think we have to repent or apologize or turn from our ways if I think about when we were newlyweds. When we were newlyweds, and sometimes I- Which I've, is a long time ago. Yes, we've been married for over 20 years.
1: 23 years It goes right now. by so fast. It does. It feels
0: like we're just in college.
1: You look like you're still in college.
0: Thank you. It's true. But, love you, but it goes by so fast. And I remember when we were newlyweds, and I still, true stories, slip back into this from time to time. So when we get into a disagreement, or an argument, or a word exchange, whatever this you want to call it. This just
1: happened yesterday. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, was it yesterday, the day before yesterday? Yeah, yeah This like whole that. week has just been a mess, y'all. Pray for us. But we had a disagreement. We had a misunderstanding. And I fell back into my old way of doing things, which is I feel like why be mad at me if you got upset for what I didn't intend for you to get upset about? So why do I need to say sorry? That's how I used to feel, and I felt very justified in that. But for Earl, it's important that it does not matter why I did what I did, that I just acknowledge and I say sorry. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes we don't want to repent because we don't want to stop and acknowledge what we did was wrong. Mm -hmm. But for Earl, it brings so much healing, right, when I just admit it and I say, I am sorry. So someone today just needs to say, I'm sorry. Someone today needs to text someone and say, I'm sorry. Someone needs to post something on Instagram today and say, I'm sorry, and let God do the rest. Let God do the rest. It says here in 2 Corinthians 7.14. 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, thank you. Old Testament, New Testament, just keeping sure y'all are awake. 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, say this with me at home. If my people, or in your car, or in your jog, wherever you are, who are called by my name will humble themselves as which I did the other night. I humbled myself and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Right. Turn, just like you explained in that repentance definition. And I will hear from heaven. This is God saying he's going to hear from heaven. And I'll forgive them from their sin, yeah. and I will heal their land. I will heal their land. I love this. If my people who are called by my name, yeah. if we humble ourselves, we will hear from heaven, and God will heal our land. Yeah. We feel on assignment today. Come on. We feel on assignment, on mission from heaven, to remind God's children, to remind God's sons, to remind God's daughters that it is time for us to cry out to God. It is time for us to see healing in our land. It is time for us to see breakthrough in our land. But that doesn't just happen by us just sitting at home and just waiting for things to get better. Today, we are calling upon God. We are waking up something on the inside of you, on the inside of me to say, God, we need you. We can't do this without you. We are desperate for you. Our world is hungry. Our world is grieving. Our world needs revival. Our world needs Jesus. But that's just not going to come by us sitting at home and complaining, us going from news station to news station, us going from post to post. I'm going to tell you how that's going to come, sweetheart. That's going to come by us saying, God, heal our land. God, I'm sorry. God, God, I repent. God, I'm turning. God, I'm looking to you. I repent for trying to do this on my own. I repent for trying to do those squats and those presses by myself. And I say, God, I need you. Mm. I'm desperate for a move of God. We want to wake up something in you today. We want to wake up something in Dallas. We want to wake up something in Florida. We want to wake up something in Kansas. We want to wake up something in Guatemala. We want to wake up something all around the world. And what we want to wake up is you. We want to wake up me. And we want to say, God, we are getting out of the way, and we are looking to you. We are crying out to you. And what if heaven... What if heaven is waiting on our prayers? What if heaven is waiting on our cries? What if heaven is waiting on us us to pace the floor back and forth until we see breakthrough? What if the sons and daughters that are coming behind us are waiting on us, are waiting on our response? They're not going to wait for just your post. And keep posting. Keep spreading the good news. Keep doing your part. But they're also waiting on your prayers. They're waiting to meet someone named Jesus. They're waiting to see chains fall off. They're waiting to see miracles. They're waiting for blind eyes to see and deaf ears to hear but it starts with us and today we believe by the spirit of the living God that he's going to wake up something in each of us and we in this generation are going to see revival
1: come on amen 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 hey we just got a couple more moments uh together didn't want to talk your ear off today but we're praying that there would be an infusion of life and power that really not just our words really the holy spirit but take These uh, broken and everyday words that we're trying to share, and God would just bring life to them. And not just really our words, but honestly, His Word. That His Word would transform us and make us to who He's called us to be. So, last but certainly not least, number three, is we want to talk about how to let the, how to find our strength in the Lord, let the fire that's in you burn brighter than the fire that's around you. Let the fire that's in you burn brighter than the fire that's around you. In Jeremiah uh, chapter 20, verse 9, Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. Talk about somebody who went through a lot, who was incredibly misunderstood. Uh, Jeremiah is that man. Won't go through all the problems and the pains that he walked through, but he wrote a whole book called Lamentations. It's, he, he went through a lot. There came a moment when he's like, I, I, think, I think I'm done. I don't think I want to speak anymore. I don't think I want to do anymore. In Jeremiah 20, verse 9, the Bible says this. But if I say, I will not mention his word or speak any more his name, His word in my heart, his word in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. He's saying, I'm not going to say it anymore. I'm not going to say his name anymore. But he's like, how, how can I not say his name? How can I not talk about his goodness? How can I not talk about his power? How can I not talk about what he's calling me to say? How can I not call out sin? How can I not speak encouragement? How can I not speak words of life? How can I not do that? It's like a fire shut up in my bones. I cannot hold this in. Let the fire that's burning in you be greater and bigger than that fire that's burning around you. My mother uh, beautiful mom that I have raised us, uh, me and my little sister, uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, in in the inner city, and uh, there there was a lot lot of things that could knock any one of us off course, but my mother, a praying woman, gave her heart to Christ when I was seven years old and had me going to church from that time on. Grabbing me by the ear at times, making me wear high waters to church, trying to look fly every single week. (laughs) And and this woman, this amazing woman, is one of the smartest people I know, was instilling so much hope and fire and strength on the inside of me. She was saying things to me like, Earl, don't let anybody else build your world for you because if you do, they'll always build it too small. She was saying things to me and putting me in environments where people were speaking words over my life like, Earl, you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Over and over and over again, I kept getting like dynamite put on the inside of me. I kept having individuals remind me that that I'm not my circumstance, that I'm not what's around me. I'm not the crack vials or the prostitution that's around me. I'm not the poverty that's around me. That's not who you are. You're now a son of the living God and he knows you by name and he has his hand on your life. I had enough people in my life that were telling me that so that what what ended up happening is, is the world, by the grace of God, was not able to crush me Because God had used my mom and a whole bunch of mentors to put so much on the inside of me. Are are you with me here? Do do you understand that we're trying to talk to that new man, that new person that's on the inside of you. We're trying to talk to to the Holy Spirit that has been poured out on the inside of you. We're trying to say, son, daughter, you are not your past and you are not your shortcomings and you are not your faults and you are not your failures. You're not the failures of your parents and you're not the failures of your grandparents. You're not the failures of your great-great-grandparents. You and I get to be the sons and daughters of God in our generation. And what God put on the inside of you is great. Greater than that which is against you. As a matter of fact, the Bible says it this way. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So are you going to stoke that fire? You're going to stir up. You're going to stir up that fire. You're going to be reminded that God didn't give you a spirit of fear. But he gave you a spirit of power, love, and sour mind. We're here today just to encourage you. Find your strength in the Lord, your God. I'd like to invite my amazing wife up here just to pray over every one of us that our hearts would be encouraged and then I want to give us an opportunity to give our hearts and our lives to Jesus Christ.
0: Beautiful. No matter where you find yourself today, If you find yourself at the top of the mountain, if you find yourself in the valley, we just want you to know that God is pursuing you. And we realize there is so much heaviness going on in our world. We feel that heaviness as well. But at the same time, we want to acknowledge our desperation for our heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. We want to acknowledge that we know that breakthrough will come when we call upon the name of Jesus. And so right now, we're believing that if you're sitting in a hospital room, Mm -hmm. if you're sitting in your living room, if you're sitting in your car, wherever you find yourself, we're believing. If you're dealing with fear, anxiety, depression, racism, sexism, all those things, Mm -hmm. right now, we're about to... Ignite our faith, and we're about to believe God for miracles. So, Father God, I thank you that you're pursuing us. I thank you that you'll never leave us or forsake us. I thank you that you're just getting started with this world, and I thank you that He who began a good work in us will see it to completion. We pray, Father God, that you would end racism in our mm-hmm. lifetime. We pray that you would help people that feel depressed right now. Mm-hmm. We pray that you would encourage people that feel riddled with fear. Mm-hmm. We ask that those that are in the hospital right now that are seeking you for breakthrough, we ask for favor with the doctors. And nurses. We ask for grace for parents with children. We ask for those that aren't sleeping at night, that the peace of the living God would come and visit them. We ask, Lord God, for marriages that are struggling right Mm -hmm. now, that you would remind them that they are not alone. We pray that those that are without jobs right now, for provision, for breakthrough, for blessing. So, Father God, we acknowledge that we need you. Mm -hmm. We acknowledge that you can cause miracles to happen. So, right now, we look to you, and we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We thank you for what's on the other side of everything every prayer, every cry for help, every Instagram post, every call for desperation. And we say, Jesus, have your way. In Jesus' name, heal our land. Mm. Amen.
1: Amen. As Onika just prayed that powerful prayer, if you're watching today and you have yet to surrender your heart and your life to Christ, you've yet to make him first, you've yet to make him number one, honestly, you would say you're going your own way. You're not going his way. You might even believe in God but you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. This is your moment right now to respond to the grace of God because you can't save yourself. You can't just keep doing rep after rep forever. You get to a point where you realize none of your good works are enough to connect you to God. It had to be his good work that would connect us with him. And his good work is the cross, the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Are you ready to surrender your heart and your life to Him? I'm gonna ask all of us to do me a favor. I'm going ask all of us who are under the sound of my voice, put your hand over your heart if you would not mind. If you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, for the first time I rededicate your life to serving Him. Here's your moment of salvation. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Jesus.
0: Dear Jesus.
1: I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit. I've made mistakes, and today, I give you my heart, I give you my life, give me the power to live for you, in Jesus' name, amen. Hillsong, Kansas City, thank you so much for allowing us to be with you today. We love your pastors, we love you, and believing that the best days for your church family and your community are still ahead.